Hi, my name is Alexander Hastings, and welcome to my show, Diary of a Transman. For more information about the show, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Hello, everybody. It is now almost the end of February, which will conclude the second month of my hosting this show. So it's a huge accomplishment for me to have followed through uh, on these episodes thus far, and I'm hoping that I can keep up the the trend of being able to post these uh, bi-weekly for everyone. So first off, I just want to apologize for any background noise that might come through uh, during this recording. Um, we are actually having winds gusting up to 75 miles per hour uh, right uh, right now in New York. Um, my house is kind of kind of rickety, so if you hear any weird kind of gusting sounds in the background that is just the, the crazy weather that we are having right now so the last show i talked about my experience deciding to pick out a surgeon for top surgery and on february the 15th i actually traveled to new york city for my top surgery consultation so the experience of just getting out to new york city was uh, crazy to begin with so we had a four-day weekend for for president's day and i had to book a early morning flight from Syracuse into New York City. Fortunately, it's only about an hour and a half flight, and I landed at JFK, and I had about two hours before my 12 o'clock appointment with uh, Dr. Elliot Jacobs on the Upper East Side, so I caught a lift from jfk to uh, manhattan and i did i decided to try the sharing rides things i've never done that before usually when i traveled by uber or lyft i usually just buy my own my own car but i figured you know why not it it'd be a little bit cheaper a a, a car ride from jfk into manhattan cost about 50 to 60 bucks uh in the down times so with the with the ride sharing i was able to get that price down to about 40 dollars and i shared a, a lift with a uh, with a, a girl uh, all the way in into uh she, she worked at the airport so she just was going to queens uh home and then i continued on the ride uh, by myself into manhattan I mean, it was it was weird, because uh, you know it's it's the whole ride sharing thing is pretty funny to begin with, because it's the one thing your parents tell you not to do as a kid is to get into cars with strangers, and here I am just ordering a car off the internet, and then hopping into a car with strangers and driving for forty minutes. But that's a that's a own its own tangent. But I got to the. Upper East Side about 20 minutes before 
my appointment and just the the doctor's offices in the city are so different from any other doctor's office i feel that you would you could go to because it's not in a hospital setting it it felt like i was walking into a hotel or an apartment building because there was a there was a doorman and then i walked in and immediately felt very underdressed for the the location of the office because everything was really fancy almost like a museum and you just we walked down and the the doctor's name was just on the on the wall and it looked like i was walking into an apartment i had to buzz myself in um i guess that's the you know city life everything's about the the door buzzers and the electronic locks and that's just very different than anything i'm used to but i walked in to the office and it was very nice inside like extremely nice they had a little waiting area with couches and magazines from all the different kind of celebrity um, you know magazines that you could ever want and i just want to say about dr elliot jacobs office is that i immediately felt very welcomed into the office and i could see right off the bat that it was very transgender friendly when i went to the the receptionist and i told them that i was there for my appointment they handed me uh, a stack of papers to fill out and most of it was just your, your standard uh questionnaires medical history um insurance all that kind of things and then one of the papers they included was a specifically trans it was female to male transgender questionnaire and they wanted to know things like um if your name had changed you know what was your original name so they could they could verify and then if your name hadn't changed what would you want to be called as and so since i'd already changed my name as you guys know from uh two episodes ago i had put uh, my full name is alexander i want to be called alex and then when the when the uh, receptionist came back to take me back to the office that was what they called me it was just alex straight off the bat no questions you know and i can imagine for somebody going there that hadn't changed their name yet just that feeling of acceptance right off the bat that you get to be called exactly what you want to be called no questions asked no weird comments no glances it was very very friendly very warm environment so they took me back um, to this a little uh, examination room in the back of the uh, back of the office, and I have to say, Doctor Jacobs was very friendly. I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. So I'm gonna get 
little graphic here and kind of talk about the examination. So if you feel uncomfortable, you know, you just skip through this section here. But I feel it's important to talk about this uh, so people get a an accurate view of what to expect uh, when going for a top surgery consultation. Once I got to the uh, the examination room in the back, it's very, very similar to any other uh, breast examination that you might have at the uh, OBGYN. And so you, you just take your shirt off and you put on the robe. And I was sitting there on the table uh, with the robe on, just waiting for the, the doctor to come in. When Dr. Jacobs came in, he sat down. Uh, he was, you know, very polite, asked me just the basic medical history questions. And then we, we did the examination. So I just opened my robe and what he did was he took some measurements. He took measurements from uh, your collarbone down to your nipple and then across uh, nipples, nipple size. And he's basically was just looking for kind of a measurement of, of what your cup size would be so we can determine what type of surgery best fits you in order to have a breast reduction. And while he was doing all his measurements, we were just talking, just chatting, and it was very comfortable situation. Wasn't awkward at all, like how I usually feel when I have to go to the OBGYN. And this was, this was, way better um experience overall and then we just we just talked uh after and so i guess i i've always been was blessed with having small breasts which was very uh good for for me as as transgender because now i don't have to have a double incision mastectomy I qualified for the periareolar surgery, uh, minimally invasive, which I'm, I'm really grateful for because I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people have larger breasts and they they're kind of pigeonholed into getting that double incision surgery, and then they have the scars. And you know, while I wouldn't mind having scars because at least I wouldn't. I would have a flat chest. I'm I'm grateful to have a small enough chest in order to, to get the, the periolar surgery. So after we did the examination, uh, he asked me if I had any questions. And since I had done a lot of research on my own, I didn't really have anything to ask. And so he directed me over to his coordinator's office and from there I was able to actually get my date for top surgery which is going to be May 14th of this year so I'm super excited that's only two and a half months away I would have done it earlier they actually had the the space open for an earlier surgery but I have to go to this training exercise uh, with the army from the end of March through all of April. And since I'm trying to be 
And well, since I'm going outside of the army for this surgery, I'm trying to be considerate to my job and and actually complete the training uh, prior to getting the surgery, even though this training is going to be awkward for me uh, in the least because unfortunately I can't stay in the uh, male billeting and lodging while we're at this training because my gender marker won't change until June. So for any of you who are actually transitioning right now on testosterone and have been through kind of the six to nine month phase, you'll kind of know how your body has changed kind of drastically at this point from where it it used to be. So I remember in the first episode, I talked about how much hair I had growing on my body now, and that is basically tripled since I last talked about it. So now I'm going to be staying in basically a giant circus tent with probably, I want to say 100 females, because we're all, it's going to be multiple units from multiple bases down there. And there will be uh, shower trailers, which I'm hoping are single stall. Because uh, the army usually has open bay showers, which would which would be even more uncomfortable for me at this point. The people in my unit know that I am transgender at this point and have been calling me sir and, and using he, him pronouns, pronouns. And some people from other units who I met after my transition, they don't know I'm transgender and they just call me sir off the bat. And a lot of these guys are going to be going down to this training as well, which will be weird because they will be in the male building and then I'll be over in the female building and they'll find out I'm trans obviously and it'll just be uncomfortable to say the least but I have to make it through this one training event and then I get top surgery and then right after I come back from my leave after top surgery my gender marker will change in the army system so that'll kind of be the conclusion of my my transition in the army probably unless I have to get uh, like an emergency histo or or something else just uh, because the process is too ridiculous to try to go through I only have another four years left so any other major surgery I think I'll probably just wait until after I get out of the army to take care of So those of us who have transitioned from female to male have the unique opportunity and experience to see kind of uh, both sides of the coin when it comes to sexism and, and 
and how interactions between people can can change when they are directed at a female versus directed at a male. So I really had my, my first experience with this since transitioning. And I remember the last episode, I told you guys that I was in a unit mobility officer course that was ran by two instructors who both uh, called me sir and recognized me as male. And I had that one interaction with the the one instructor who uh, jokingly said that I was female in the system and I had laughed it off. Well these same two instructors i had come out and teach my unit how to work properly on a railhead because we're preparing uh for deployments and these guys need to to know how to how to do this stuff and i'm being a new movement officer didn't really have the skill set to teach them myself so we get out of the railhead and the rail line coordinator he's using sir and stuff and a lot of the guys in my unit have have known at this point that i'm that i'm trans and so they would call me sir but there are still a few people that say ma'am and i'm not sure who said something to them or if they saw something with my old name on it but suddenly the instructors started calling me ma'am and i was kind of confused i didn't really know where it came from and at first i kind of i just ignored it and then kind of reacted a little bit late when they would say ma'am trying to play off like i don't know who they're talking to but i'm just gonna respond I'm not a very direct person, as you guys probably have realized at this point. But they kept saying it. I was like, well, whatever. Something must have happened. They must have found out somehow. But other people are still calling me sir, so my day isn't all bad yet. Um, I didn't really want to correct them in front of everybody and cause a big scene. So I kind of let it roll over. But the, the moment of, I want to say sexism here, was we were finishing up for the day. And if anybody knows anything about working a rail, you have your dock and then you have the flat cars that we were putting our equipment on. And between the flat cars and the dock are these metal bridges called spanners. And the spanners get attached to the rail, the flat car, um, by ratchet straps to be secured when moving them. And so we undid the ratchet strap, flipped the spanners around so that the vehicles could back off the flat cars because we were done training. We ratchet strapped it, strapped the, the spanners down to the actual metal of the railroad track. And now, it's northern new york in the middle of winter so there's ice over everything and the spanners were basically resting on a chunk of ice on the dock so when the cars try to back off across the spanners the the humvee that was going across it made it through no problem to the last little bit and then it when the tire kicked 
it shot the spanner across the ice uh, probably about 10 inches so that the spanner came to rest probably with two inches of coverage before it would completely fall off the dock and which would have been a major disaster as the Humvee would have the wheel would have fell off the fell off the dock but it made it across safe but we still had another vehicle to get off the the rail car so um they were saying oh it must not be it must not be tight enough uh so i stepped in and undid the ratchet strap readjusted the spanner and then tightened that thing down you know as hard as i could and so i've been working out a lot i know i'm pretty strong i can bench 200 pounds deadlift over 300 pounds and i mean i got that sucker super super tight and the vehicle starts to go across and the first set of tires tires roll across and it kicks and the spanner slides again which I'm, I'm realizing, you know, it's definitely the ice that's the problem because that ratchet strap was down as tight as you can. I mean, so so I, I say, you know, it's not the ratchet strap, it's tight, it's the ice. Uh, but the instructor who had, you know, come and talked to me about my, my name and my gender previously when working the railhead, who is now calling me ma'am, he says... You know, if you're not strong enough to tighten that thing down, well, there's a way you can do it. And he's just like, you just feed this through here, and he starts mansplaining how to how to tighten down a ratchet strap to me. And I'm just looking at him like, are you serious? Like, I've got this thing down as tight as you can. It's not the ratchet strap. It's the ice that the spanner is resting on. That's the reason it slipped. And he's like, no, no, and he's like. Uh, tighten it down here and he goes and tightens it down and I'm like okay well I mean we got the vehicle basically hovering between the spanner right now so we're we're adjusting this thing right underneath the Humvee and like we got one last set of tires to get across it before we're safe and they're like okay let's back this thing up Humvee starts driving gets the the tire on the spanner and it's working its way slowly across gets to that that last little ledge down and then it kicks the spanner just like every other tire had done i'm like see i told you it's the ice and i really wanted to kind of explode and be like you sexist asshole this is this is the ice i told you it's not the the tightening down of the ratchet strap because honestly this guy is like in his late 50s like i'm probably stronger than he is at this point and i don't know i was so mad but being an officer and it was all junior listed you gotta keep it cool and i kind of just rolled over and that's why i'm glad i have this uh, this podcast here so i can let all my frustrations out uh to you guys instead of yelling at random civilians on a on a rail line but that was the first time since transition where i i seen the difference in how 
I'm treated and it sucks. I did, I was really upset after that incident and I'm going to have to use those instructors again because we only trained 30 people at the railhead and I've got to get another probably 50 people through. So, but I'm not going to worry about hiring them up again to teach until the summer. And at that point, like I'll be official, officially male in the army system and hopefully I will have a lot more physical uh, appearance towards male at that point. And if they say something, uh, I'm working up the courage, you know, bracing myself, getting myself ready. Like if they say something, try to call my ma'am, I'm gonna, you know, be like, no, I'm sir, please call me sir, I'm an officer. And just kind of nip that in the bud. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Diary of a Trans Man. Uh, once again, if you have any reviews or comments, please, whatever uh, source you're listening to this on, go ahead and leave those for me. If you have any questions, I would be more than happy to address them in my follow-on episodes. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you next time.